This is Hitting the Mark, conversations with founders and investors about the intersection of brand clarity and startup success, with your host, brand strategist and author, Fabian Garhalter. And I wanted to do the same thing with our brand, where it was approachable, easily understood, but stood out uh, from all of the brands that had comfort in it or home in it. Um, and so if you went through, you know, 10 of the brands in, in home care, and when we started franchising, they, they all sounded the same, and I wanted us to sound different. This was Shelly Sun, an entrepreneur who created a company that assists the elderly with expert, compassionate, and personal home care. That first company was launched in 2002. Since then, she grew Brightstar Care into a 340-plus location franchise, ranked number one franchise by Forbes in the investment level, made it onto the top 10 on the American Express top 50 fastest-growing women-led companies for multiple years in a row. And Shelly has become a leader in the world of franchise executives. It is my pleasure to welcome Shelly Sun to Hitting the Mark. Thank you so much for being on the show, Shelly. Oh, thanks for having me. I know your time is very, very valuable, um, and uh, I appreciate you taking the time talking about something that I'm sure you usually don't get asked to talk too much about. So first off, congrats on your amazing success with the Bright Star brand, which you grew to over 300 million in system-wide sales in under 10 years um, since launching the franchise in early 2006, which today, of course, must be a much higher number, and the brand has over 340 locations throughout the U.S. The obvious question, how does one get into running a home nursing empire? Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, so right now we're a little over 500 million in in revenue. So across a great franchise network. So we've continued to grow. And I think it was really firsthand experience. You know, I was looking for care for my grandmother back in late 2001. And she needed services that were both non-medical in terms of making sure she was okay and eating well and uh, getting uh, bathing and and help going to the bathroom, things like that. But she also had late stage cancer by the time that it was diagnosed. And so she needed pain management as well. And so therefore nursing services. And so after talking to advisors and and those within the industry, recognized that we were not the only ones that had that type of need. And so we um, started the business in late 2002, about a year after looking for home care uh, for ourselves. And it really resonated with a lot of families having one brand that they could trust, that they knew were going to have great caregivers each and every day. And we've continued to grow from there. And you know that that's how great brands are are being started. Uh, so so I learned over and over with guests on this show. It, it there has to be this huge emotional tie-in, and and there has to be a problem that someone someone just sees themselves. Uh, otherwise, you know, just starting a franchise for anything, you know, usually, um, you know, is uh, is much more difficult. And 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 you can tell, you know, if someone does it with heart. And building a brand is one thing, but building a brand strong enough to be franchisable, but but 
also still flexible enough to give the franchise owners uh, a sense of belonging and creativity um, is always something I greatly admire. Can you share a bit about how you crafted the brand and then how you ensured you actually set it up for franchise success? Yeah, I think it was really about... Um understanding what the customer needed and really understanding that customer journey and making sure that the, um, what our customers needed, that we were providing that um, base of differentiation compared to what was in the, in the marketplace. And then making sure we were developing the support systems for our franchisees to make sure that they were um, able to deliver to their customers and their marketplace that differentiated service. So we invested early in our journey to make sure first we could replicate the model. I didn't just have one company owned location when I chose to franchise. I had replicated it to a second and third um, to make sure everything was well documented um, before we uh, rolled out and expanded. I invested a lot of money in technology so that all of our franchisees were on the same network, the same platform. So there was consistency in how we scheduled, how we paid our caregivers, how we build our clients, um, how we looked at the metrics for the business. From the very um, beginning of our franchise, we opened our first franchise in early 2006. I um, developed the technology in 2004. So every bit of data on every customer um, has been able to be benchmarked and on every single location's performance has been able to be benchmarked. So I think it allows people like franchising is, is in, in business for yourself, but not by yourself. Mm. We have both the data and the support system to be able to help our franchisees know what good looks like and be able to help coach them uh, to make sure they're delivering on that experience. Many of our franchisees like myself don't come from a healthcare background. But 85% of our franchisees had a family experience with uh, home care yeah. before they became a franchisee. So they want to do it the right way. Um, we need to give them a path to be able to follow that in a way that honors what our customer is looking for. So we went for joint commission accreditation, um, started that process in 2008, and started to roll it out across our brand in 2010 so that all of our franchisees were following a uh, clinical and quality and safety protocol that's recognized by the uh, by the healthcare um, um, industry in terms of hospitals and nursing homes. We were one of the first to bring it to uh, private duty um, home care, but we wanted to be able to operate and hold ourselves accountable to the highest standard of home care, um, which is really what the brand has been about from the very beginning. Yeah, and you know, you talked a lot about um, you know systems and standards that need to be in place. Um, I'm sure that once you were at at, at that um, important point um, of the third location where you knew, okay, this is the time where where we might go um, set set this franchise free um, because we tested enough. How did this How did this affect? The brand um, from from a branding perspective, and I'm talking in the nitty gritty. I'm talking about you know logos and style guides, and all of this has to be consistent once you go on a natural natu natural uh, level. But I also know that you said um, in another show that I uh, listened to actually on my drive in today. You said, uh, and it was so funny because here I am about to interview you on your brand, and you said on the show you're not a natural marketing mind. <laughs> so you brought some people on the board um, that that had that mindset. But how how important early on was was the idea of branding and the idea of brand thinking to this to the success of those first three locations 
Yeah, great question. And I am, I'm a, I'm a finance accounting person by background. So the opposite <laughs> side of the brain from, from brand and creativity. And so we really focused on, you know, in 2002 to 2004, um, making sure that we had differentiated service for our customers. As I knew that I was on to something after successfully growing the business from one to three company owned locations and was thinking about franchising, my original brand, which was cheap to execute healthcare solutions, was very generic and would mm. not stand apart and be a brand that I could build off of at a national scale. So I brought in a branding expert um, who's actually um, from Australia, um, who is the branding expert for Robert Kiyosaki. So James Burgeon was the individual that I worked with to say, James, I love what you have done with Robert Kiyosaki um, to make it so approachable for how do you make sure that you're um, um, capturing a way to grow um, and scale thinking about being an entrepreneur versus being an employee. And it just really made it um, user friendly. And I wanted to do the same thing with our brand where it was approachable, easily understood, but stood out uh, from all of the brands that had comfort in it or home in it. Mm. Um, and so if you went through, you know, 10 of the brands in, in home care, and when we started franchising, they, they all sounded the same and I wanted us to sound different. Um, and it came to working with James of, okay, well, let's go through the experience of care. And it's so much about um, really making sure people are well taken care of. Um, in some ways, roles reverse at the, at the very end end stages of life um, in terms of um, the children then arranging for care for their parents and our parents that had done such a great job arranging for our care growing up and and in some ways roles somewhat reversed that very end stage yeah. so we started looking at nursery rhymes uh, starlight star bright twinkle twinkle little star which is how bright star the brand came to be and something that we thought would have legs actually had nothing to do with my last name being son. I've gotten asked that question many <laughs> times over the years and I have yeah. no ego. So I'm like, no, it had nothing to do with my name. It was really kind of going back and thinking about that full circle of life and looking at nursery rhymes and something that really would stand apart in the marketplace as unique because we believe what we offer to our customer is very very unique. And so how did we make sure we didn't sound like everyone else knowing we were executing the model and the trust that our customers could have and the services we delivered was very unique. And so that's how the Bright Star brand uh, came about. And we worked to make sure that, you know, how was that logo going to show up and all the trademarks were filed in 2004 for the for the brand, for the logo mark, designing it, style guides, making sure that it was consistently applied um, and was part of our operations manuals for our franchisees from the very beginning about how it needed to be used. That's obviously evolved with time um, as I've had more experts, um, you know, either internally to the company and I've got an, an amazing head of marketing now. Uh, Teresa Selmer joined us um, about six months ago and is doing a great job for, for the brand. But I also, to your point have had advisors on my board that brought me that expertise in their thinking. I've tried to fill out my board to be a nice complement to my skill set um, so that I make sure that I'm continuing to grow as a CEO and not leaving any important function behind and marketing would have been, you know, and marketing and branding would be a critical one for us to be able to grow and evolve 
at a national scale, but it is not the way that I would normally think. I, I really focus on the service delivery, but how do we make sure there's a brand there that is recognized and differentiated both in its name um, and how it appears and where it shows up from an advertising perspective uh, while we focus very heavily on the operational execution as well. There was so much that you just said uh, that was so, so so important. And, you know, I mean, first off, I, I absolutely love the story behind the name, which I would have never guessed in a million years. But I love that narrative. I think it's so um, it's it's so natural and it's so so poetic in a way to actually think about it on such a on such a deep and emotional um Level. I l last night um, I watched a few of your brand videos, um, and I stumbled across one that celebrated a caregiver by the name of Heather Bailey and her client Brian. And I was literally moved to tears. <laughs> I, I, I I saw you know, and and, and then I then I saw a Facebook comment. Um, it was on Facebook, so I saw a comment below the video. Um, and let me read it to you and our listeners really quick. It said, "This is my sister. I cannot put into words how proud." we, her family, are of her. We've always known about Heather's heart and her giving ways. Now the world knows. Thank you, Bright Star, for giving Heather the platform she needed to shine her brightest. And that is that is that is the family. That's a sister of the actual caregiver. It's not about. It's not even about the client, right? Um, so, Shelly, franchises are all about people, and, and you as a brand celebrate them very obviously. So, and you are in the business of people helping people. What are the different ways that Brightstar puts its, oh my gosh, like 100,000 plus employees and clients and hundreds of owners on, on pedestal daily? Because I know culture um, and people is very, very dear to your heart. Yeah, and it's absolutely all about the people. And so creating a, creating a mechanism, you know, our caregiver of the year um, program is very special. We have a nurse of the year program as well. We have franchisee awards and celebrations at their um, annual gala, which is where we first and foremost are celebrating our caregivers because without our amazing caregivers delivering such compassionate care each and every day, no, none of us have the honor to serve and be a part of this brand. It starts with our caregivers first. So the celebration at our awards gala always starts with celebrating um, our caregivers and celebrates them throughout the evening. We have hundreds, if not thousands, of nominations that come in. It's the it's the most rewarding and and yet the hardest um, part of the job is trying to find only four that we're going to recognize as the regional caregivers of the year because there are thousands of amazing stories. We hand out the um, the nominations and boxes of Kleenex across our, um, <laughs> our uh, corporate office and across a group of our franchisees to kind of narrow those down and choose the most remarkable stories. But they each are remarkable and we don't lose sight of, at the end of the day, our our job, our mission is about um, helping take care of others, moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas and their children. And that's a complete honor and huge sense of responsibility uh, to serve and hold up those that are providing our care. Um, so we have a, a deep culture of recognition 
gratitude and celebration that does, to your point, carry through, I think first and foremost, our our caregivers, because that's where it all starts, but making sure that we're recognizing our franchisees, amazing office teams as well. We have a branch leader of the year uh, that gets recognized um, as part of our gala celebration. And then we're recognizing our top franchisees that are delivering great and the highest customer service and and care to the families that they serve and growing their businesses. So it, it's it's easy to, to take the time and make sure we're focusing on operational things, but we have to take the time and celebrate that amazing execution and heart that's, that really is at the heart of what Bright Star is all about. Absolutely. And and you're doing such a fantastic job as a brand um, to, to not only celebrate these individuals, um, but to actually tell their stories. And storytelling is so important to branding, obviously, but a lot of a lot of companies try to try to craft these stories and, you know, create these stories. And for you, it seems like it is such a such a logical and very organic and very, um, I would say, quote unquote, easy thing to do. But it takes it takes a lot of um, it takes a lot of strategy to, 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 to actually craft the right stories and share the right stories. And I, I, I wondered, you know, with your brand, usually when, when, I, when I interview, um, you know, amazing entrepreneurs like yourself, um, a couple of days before, before showtime, I just start digging into their website and more into their social media handles. And I mean, you are a brand that, uh, that is, you know, in the business of elderly care franchise. And, and I would have thought there would be no social media channel at all. But on Facebook, there are over fifteen thousand people um, that that actually that actually like um, an elderly care brand, and to me that was absolutely amazing to see. And once I started digging into the stories and into the videos. Um, I very much started to understand how how why why people actually are so attached uh, to your brand. And nine years ago, um, <laughs> you went undercover with Bright Star Caregivers on uh, CBS Undercover Boss. Now I had some Shark Tank contestants on this show, but Undercover Boss is quite a different league. Um, how did that go, and and how did it affect your brand and perhaps even your company culture at the time? Tell us a little bit about that experience. It, it was an amazing experience. We um, had the honor of getting selected um, after um, uh, the CBS went to International Franchise Association asking for a recommendation of franchisors that they should talk to after great experience in season one with another franchisor. Um, and we had just won an um, Entrepreneur of the Year um, from the International Franchise Association. So we were on that list. Um, we had a great day with the um, the um, producer of the show and asking some questions and what different um, storylines we might be able to provide as part of the breadth of our brand. And then they realized that our brand was only $50 million at the time. And they kind of had an internal threshold of $100 million. Um, so they were going out to speak to others that were larger than me in the industry. Mm-hmm. And that seemed unfair in terms of the exposure I wanted for our brand and for our franchisees. So I found all of the people who had anything to do with the show on CBS's website. And sent <laughs> an overnight letter, two pages, of all of the reasons why they should select Bright Star. We were founders. <laughs> led and entrepreneurial uh, American dream in terms of starting with my own capital and risking it all, um, all the different settings that they could uh, um, have with us doing pediatric care, staffing and elderly care. Um, And they came back. um, And so we had the honor of being on the show and exposing people to our brand. We had 
9.1 million people uh, get to learn about the Bright Star Care story and how amazing our caregivers are. It was a very heartwarming experience to have a chance to interact with our caregivers on the front line, um, but also to see some um, opportunities in terms of things we could continue to learn from and and be better. And, you know, continuous improvement is part of our core values. And it was a great opportunity to have an opportunity to see that uh, firsthand. And we got to work and made some of those um, improvements operationally right away. Um, but having an opportunity to interact with some of our, our customers and our caregivers um, on the front line was a very rewarding experience and really became uh, the impetus for us establishing the Caregiver of the Year program that you um, asked me about earlier mm. is an opportunity to um, not wait for CBS and uh, National TV to get an opportunity to have our own awards show and gala to highlight and celebrate our amazing caregivers that are on the front line every day. And so we fly them and a guest um, in for a few days at our annual conference. Uh, spa time, we uh, make sure that their salary is still covered so they're not having their personal budget um, impacted by not being able to work those few days and really just take an opportunity to celebrate and highlight and recognize with gratitude the caregivers on the front line, which was so much about what the show was about. Yeah, what an amazing outcome because we were we were invited, uh, I think, like eight years ago to be. There, there was a show I think on ABC that was about um, inventors, and and then they work with you know a branding firm, and but it, it was more of a reality show, and I was so scared. I'm like, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, there, there's too much. I know how reality shows work, and they will most probably try to find a way to to you know create entertainment and drama is part of that. So I was actually very afraid. So I. I I'm really and so so we didn't we didn't do it, but I love how you 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 really hustled to get on there, and you knew it would be a great story, and even if they would, um, you know, you you would discover something undercover, um, you know, quote unquote, um, that mm-hmm. uh, that 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 you could learn something from it, and you can actually create something, um, you could create something better out of out of what has been highlighted, and so you did. Um, I love that, and I mean, obviously, you are one of. Um, one of one of one of the great entrepreneurs that just keeps keeps learning and keeps pushing, and that is that is such a good example of that. Um, and I really thought that this would be a story of a potential brand fail for you, but but it's not. Did you ever have a, a ginormous brand fail where where you went through something and you said, you know what? And this might not even be sales related. This is you know maybe maybe something brand related, um, or you know just just a big key decision where you felt like okay, this was absolutely going into the wrong direction. I don't know if brand fail, but just challenges of an entrepreneur kind of in those early stages. I mean, sure, some yeah. of the the biggest successes became some of the biggest challenges. You know, we grew really quickly. I had the honor two months after starting my business to have a quadriplegic take a chance on me and have us provide his home care. Wound up taking care of Tim for from 2002 until 2019. He just passed away on Labor Day um, of this of this past year. And the family act- actually asked me to come deliver part of the eulogy, which is how much intertwined our lives had become during that care journey. I became part of a family and Tim and his lovely wife, Anne, became a part of my family. And But getting that large of a client with 24 by 7 nursing care, two, ma- 
two months after starting a business, knowing that you need to pay the, the nurses, you know, weeks before the payer pays us, I wound up, you know, having to put payroll on credit cards and having to pray that the bills got paid while my credit lines extended on a credit card, looking down at, at the time I was married, looking at my wedding ring a couple of times, wondering whether I was going to have to hock it to continue to do the right thing by my nurses and my client to keep the business going. My greatest success in revenue wound up being my scariest part operationally because, you know, our caregivers and our nurses are oftentimes paid, you know, weeks before we wound up getting paid by the payer source or from the family. And that's the, you know, the great news about growing quickly, but sometimes that can be the scariest part of the entrepreneurial journey as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't even see that as a fail. I think that is that is just that that is a growing pain that I think any entrepreneur, I mean, even even myself, we all have been at some point um, in, in that position, you know, where 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 suddenly stars don't align and you or you restart the company like I did uh, once. Um, and, and, and those are those are things that happen. And then you just have to do have to do the right thing and power through, which is which is so important. Um, and go, going from from the negative to to back to the positive, which is where we usually want to be on this podcast. Um, <laughs> what was uh, lo looking back? And I know I'm, I'm asking you to look back a good 18 or so years, but looking back, what was what was that one big breakthrough where you figured, okay, so this is now this is this is actually going to turn into um, maybe you know a, 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 an, an an amazing you know business opportunity, or even now we know this is actually franchisable. Like like what was there a moment, um, and it could be directly linked to sales figures or maybe it was a PR event or, you know, what, what was there a moment where you just knew this is it? Well, I mean, Undercover Boss certainly was, but since we talked about that, I'd say the biggest one for me was being able to sell our franchisees on the vision and be able to execute around joint commission for our entire brand. Um, we are the only brand in the home care space out of over 25,000 agencies that was able to have our brand um, qualify for enterprise champion for quality designation. And that means that 95% of all of our eligible franchise locations are accredited. And we have we got that for the first time in 2013. So it was uh, from the time of the thought of joint commission that was five years later from the time we first got our first location accredited which was 2010 it took us three years to get the entire brand accredited but we have maintained that every single year we've never had that lap so we've always maintained greater than 95 percent of our locations joint commission accredited and being able to have that standard at that highest level in place in 2010 through 2013 was really for me when I knew we had a sustainable brand that would deliver the kind of care a thousand miles away from the headquarters that would make my grandma proud um, and would be the kind of care that she deserved, that all parents and grandparents and children deserve at the highest quality standard that our franchisees embraced, setting themselves apart, operating at that highest level and making that investment initially and ongoing to be joint commission accredited. That's when for me was really our 
high point of when I felt like we had a breakthrough moment. I'd always believed that we were the highest quality brand and we've always been nurse led um, as part of our brand, but to be able to do it at such a level that we could be recognized by such a great third party like the Joint Commission really said we had something, something that would endure for the next several decades and beyond. And that is so easy easy to say now, you know, in, in hindsight, but for, for our listeners, actually getting that accreditation level is extremely cost and time intensive, I would think, right? Because it is, it is a very, very huge undertaking. It was a huge undertaking. We paid for all the franchisees in two right. states to go through it initially so we could demonstrate the value to the rest of our network. You know, it's a relatively small business that was just kind of uh, borderline profitable at that point in time to make a $400,000 investment because it was the right thing to do for our customers to make sure we were operating at the highest quality level and setting ourselves to be accountable to those standards was a big financial undertaking. And it was probably the equivalent of three or four full-time people uh, working on that initiative in 2010 mm. through 2013 to get the brand ready for and through that process. And putting this in context of brand positioning, I mean, when 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 we think about uh, you know a, a business that takes care of um, you know of of, of 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 people that need home care, not necessarily elderly, um, but the majority, um, it could be seen as a commodity, right? I mean, in a way, you could be in a commodity business where there's a lot of companies uh, like yours in the beginning, not now, right? In the beginning, um, that do a similar service. But by you taking this initiative uh, to become accredited and to tell that story, and uh, it just pushes the entire brand into such a different league. Of, um, of of people actually um, wanting to, to 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 have that care that level care and what an amazing way for a brand to 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 stand out from uh, from a sea of sameness in the beginning um, and to actually be able to do that so um, kudos uh, pretty amazing pretty amazing um, and also gutsy move uh, to, to 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 do that um, and to keep doing it every year and to you know I mean that really that is a huge commitment um, there's a question that I like to ask everyone on the show and and you you're well aware of that <laughs> it's um it's it's I, I always like when when I go through brand workshops with my clients I always at the end of it I I want to after we talk about the brand for like seven hours and everyone is drained but we all think about you know just that one brand at the very end of the day I try to bring it down to like one word like what is if you would take everything you do as a brand uh, everything and you would be able to just just summarize it in that one word that would be um the, the guiding the guiding star for you the bright star you know uh, what what is what is one word that could describe your brand for me it's trust we really want to be the brand that families can trust with the loved ones that they want to receive the highest quality of care and earning and uh, being worthy of that trust is something that drives what we do and how we do it each and every day mm. and and it's nice because trust Trust works on every level, totally 360 within within your entire, um, you know, people network, everyone that is involved. Um, and one hand is is uh, is reaching for for, for the other, um, and one is feeding the other. It's it's a it's a it's a it's a fantastic fantastic word. What does what does branding mean to you, Shelley? Now that you've done this for what 18 years? <laughs> yeah, I think it's you know um, getting to know our client and what they need. And then making sure we're 
delivering upon that. It's really standing out to your point from the sea of sameness, really differentiating ourselves um, from our competition and what those points of differentiating differentiation are is making sure that we are doubling down on those things each and every day. What that's the the quality, the the nurse led, the breadth of service that gives the full continuum of care to our families and the willingness to stand behind that with accreditation. You know, I think it's really knowing knowing who you are as a brand and we won't be the cheapest, what we will be the best. And we are the brand that families can trust their loved ones to. Mm. And on, on, on that note, uh, any, any final, as we're, as we're slowly wrapping up here, any final advice or any, 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 any brand advice, anything that you, 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 you learned, which you learned, um, you know, I'm sure a book worth of lessons <laughs> in, in your time doing this, but um, anything for founders as a takeaway that, that you think would be important for you to share? I, I think it's, um, you know, believing in the good of what, what, you're doing. Um, because without that, I think success is difficult to achieve and certainly to sustain. And I think Bright Star Care is where it is today because I believed that we were providing the best service uh, to the consumers we have the honor to serve and knowing that we are having to earn their trust each and every day and deliver upon that. I think as I think as entrepreneurs um, and those that are, you know, entrusted with protecting that brand and that brand vision, you've got to really believe in what you're doing to be able to do it each and every day. I mean, you spoke to the um, the storytelling of our caregivers that, you know, I wish I could say that that was a strategy or that was intentional. Those stories create themselves because that is the beauty of what hiring the best caregivers and giving them nurse oversight and mentoring does each and every day. Um, those stories are because the, the brand was there. We didn't have to make up stories. Those stories were there each and every day. They they are there each and every day, even if we're not getting them submitted to us. It's a it's a beautiful thing when you believe in what you're doing and you don't know you're making a difference. There's always going to be tough days as an entrepreneur. Um, those days where you don't know if you're going to make payroll or there's an employment situation going on. But knowing that we're in business to make a difference for families, I think as long as entrepreneurs are starting a business and growing a business based upon something that they're passionate about, that has really been what has um, invigorated me as a founder to continue to still be very active in my business each and every day, nearly 20 years after I started it. You said that very beautifully. And I, I, I hear um, similar versions of this from a lot of the very successful founders um, on this podcast because it is that drive and it is knowing that you make a difference when you get up in the morning um, that is so crucial. Um, listeners who want to learn more about the brand or, or actually have a need for a caretaker for their own family, which happens more often than not, um, where should they start exploring the Bright Star brand? Thank you. I think our website is the best place to start. So brightstarcare.com. And we'd love to have the honor to see if we could be of service to families. Um, I think it's never too late to start talking to our parents about what their wishes will be uh, when they will need care to be able to still live independently, but live independently at home. So never too early to start asking those questions and allow our parents to be in control of the life that they want as they gracefully age and let us be a part of that. So true. So true. It can never be too early. Um, 
a lot of us had that experience and uh, whoever hasn't had that experience will have that experience. So thank you. Thank you for the reminder. Um, thank you for sharing sharing the link. Um, anyone who is interested in brand storytelling um, and, and, and differentiation, uh, brand differentiation, I would I would, uh, you know, urge everyone to to check out the brand as well, because it is not it is not a brand that usually people would immediately flock to when they think about branding. And, and those are the type of entrepreneurs that I like to have on the show um, to, to, where you actually dig deep and suddenly you realize that there's there's a lot of heart and soul that went into <laughs> what is going on and why you are so successful um, today, Shelley. So thank you so much for for, for your time today um, and, uh, and and for sharing for sharing your thoughts with us. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to tell our story. You know, sometimes I pinch myself when I get off these interview calls because I feel so fortunate to be able to leisurely chat with these extremely busy entrepreneurs who would charge thousands of dollars for their mentorship. And yet here we are, able to poke their brains on a topic many have not been actively involved in for years. This is a true gift to me and and hopefully to you as well. If that is the case for you and you listen to Hitting the Mark every two weeks, I would like to invite you to show your support by going to patreon.com slash hitting the mark. The Hitting the Mark theme music was written and produced by Happiness One. I will see you next time when we once again will be hitting the mark.